In the name of God, the creator, liberator, and sustainer of the universe. Amen. <clears throat> Jeremiah was called to be a prophet in the 7th century BCE, roughly around 626 BCE. Jeremiah was not so happy about his call. He resisted. He said, first of all, I am too young for this job. And then he said, perhaps because he knew something that was involved in the job, he knew that God was calling him to confront the king of Judah, Zedekiah, and all the pro false prophets that were around the king, sort of like the White House evangelicals for Trump. And he knew, he knew that he would meet resistance, and he did. Shortly after he began proclaiming the word of God, which had been given to him, which was that Zedekiah was going to be cast down and the people of Judah were going to go in exile, he was taken by the false prophets and put in a cistern that had so much mud in it that he sank up to his neck and he couldn't move and he was left there to die. Such is the salary of an authentic prophet. But he was rescued by a foreigner who uh, was able to save his life. Jeremiah said very clearly that the word of God is like fire. It burns. He said, the word of God is like a hammer that breaks a rock into many pieces. In the 12th chapter of Luke's gospel, our gospel reading for today, Jesus is on the way to the cross and he is clear about some of the anxiety he feels about what he calls his next baptism, which will be the cross and resurrection. But he says very clearly, addressing primarily religious people, he says, you think that I've come to bring peace, but I have come to bring fire. I have come to bring division. I will set a father against a son, a mother against a daughter, a daughter against a mother, a son against a father, a mother-in-law against a daughter-in-law, a father-in-law against a son-in-law. You will know division in your most intimate relationships if you become my disciple. And then Jesus says to the people who are following him, 
You hypocrites. You spend more time watching the Weather Channel and you know more about the weather in Buffalo and in Utah than you know about the pressing moral issues of our time. And that, Jesus says, is morally unacceptable. Now, if you're a person who believes that the primary task of the Christian church is to proclaim tranquility and the power of positive thinking, if you believe that the church is sort of like a spa with uncomfortable seats, you have chosen the wrong Sunday to be here. <laughs> Martin Luther King Jr. spoke of a negative peace and a positive peace. Dr. King said the negative peace is when the status quo has so much power that it can control the behavior of the people under its power. And any time you, you disturb the status quo, there is a price to be paid. So people live in peace. He called that a negative peace. He also said there's a positive peace. The positive peace is when people have respect for each other, when people enter into dialogue, when people seek justice together, when people are working for the common good and respect the other. That, he said, is a positive peace. There is also, I might add, a positive division and a negative division. A negative division involves those who cannot stand anything that is different, whether that is a different class, different race, different sexual orientation. They do not tolerate the other. They always want to make sure that where they are is first, and everything else is second, like America first and everyone else in the world somewhat lower. A positive division occurs when people respect the other, when people are open to the stranger, when people work for the common good, and whenever that occurs, those who are in the negative division group will always respond, sometimes with violence. In theological terms, the division is between those who claim citizenship in the reign of God and those who reject that citizenship.
those who claim the citizenship in the kingdom of God, which was inaugurated by Jesus, and to which one is baptized into. And those who reject that citizenship. Or, to put it in another way, those who seek to internalize the values of the reign of God and those who do not. Or, to put it in a simpler way, those who say that Jesus is Lord and those who say that Caesar is Lord. The Brazilian theologian Leonardo Voth has said on more than one occasion that a primary characteristic of Christianity in the first world is that first world Christians always want to move from Palm Sunday to Easter without going through Good Friday. The truth about peace in the Christian tradition, as is pointed out in hymn 661, is that it is no peace at all. It is strife clothed in the sod. Christian peace is always cross-shaped, and it requires that you die to the old and be born to the new. Martin Luther said, the Christian has the vocation of dying every day to the old person and being resurrected, allowing the new person to emerge. Fire can destroy, but fire can also purify. And the hammer of the word of God can also smash our self-centered, ego-centric behavior into many pieces. Many scholars in our society have pointed out that we are a scripted people. This is not unique to our own culture, but our script is different from that of many other cultures. Among those who have pointed to our script is the Old Testament scholar, Walter Brueggemann. Brueggemann says that our script has primarily several characteristics which can be easily identified. We believe, first of all, that we are what we have. We are a consumeristic people. And we believe we are important in relation to what we have. If you have a lot, you're very important. If you don't, you're, you're not worth anything. Secondly, we are today a therapeutic people. And we believe that therapy has the main goal of absolving us from any guilt. Any guilt. Thirdly, we are a technological people. We believe, we believe there is no problem 
that Apple can't fix. So don't worry so much about global warming. We will solve it. We will Google the answer, and the Earth will be saved. And lastly, we are scripted as a militaristic people who believe that you are as strong as you are able to kill people. Bangladesh, they can't kill so many people, they are not so important. China is important, we kill a lot of people, but we are the best. We can kill more people, and we have the right to kill anybody that we decide to kill, and that's okay. And if you don't support it, you aren't patriotic. Almost every day, political leaders in our country support this script, including the president. Every day, we are told that these characteristics are who we are. Rugemann says, you only become fully a human being if you break from the script. If you break from the script. And you break from the script when the word of God hammers it into pieces. You break from the script when the fire begins to burn hatred and violence and self-centeredness and greed away. And when you break from the script, you become more human. When you break from the script, you see that the other is your brother, your sister. You see that the most important thing you can do is claim your citizenship in the reign of God and work so that all people can live into the image of God into which they were created, not just some people, all people. When you claim your citizenship in the kingdom of God, you love the earth, you, you claim that creation is good, and you give up engaging in a process of suicide that is called denial of global warming. When you claim your citizenship in the kingdom of God, you heed Luther's words and you die daily and you become a new creation. But we are not called on as Christians just to break from the script. We're not called on just to be purified, but we are called, we are called to be a flame in the world in which we live. A flame that warms the indifferent hearts that we meet on a daily basis. A flame that seeks to set the world on fire for the vision that Jesus had of the coming reign of God. You know, John Wesley, when he was converted, he described that by saying he felt his heart become strangely warm. The fire of the word of God warms our hearts. And when your heart is warmed by that fire, 
You become a new creation. You become what Dietrich Bonhoeffer called a person for others. Those who stand over against the reign of God, those who live out of a negative division, will always stand over against those who claim citizenship in the reign of God. The early church is full of that. St. Peter was crucified upside down. St. Paul was beheaded. St. John of the Vision died homeless in exile. But in our own time, we have also seen many people bear witness to that coming reign. You know, in the 20th century, we had more martyrs for the Christian faith than all the other centuries put together. Many of them in the so-called third world. I personally knew over 100 people who were killed for their faith between 1964 and the year 2000 in Latin America. Many of them killed very violently. But I've also known people who have refused in their business to engage in unethical practices and have not been promoted. I've also known farmers in Appalachia who have lost their farms because they oppose strip mining by coal companies. I've known people, including one whose holiday we celebrated this past week, Jonathan Daniels, who was shot and killed in this country because Jonathan believed that in Christ there was no slave or free, that in Christ we were all one and we were called to work for the common good. I come to bring division, Jesus said, division. A division that will lead to new life. The great 19th century theologian Soren Kierkegaard was fond of telling the following story or asking the following question. Kierkegaard said there were two people. One claimed to be a very good Christian. The man went to church every Sunday said he believed in God. The man he worked with said he was an atheist, he hated the church, never went. So on Sunday the Christian went to church, the atheist did not. On Monday they went to the office, they both did the same thing. Tuesday they went to the office, they both did the same thing. Wednesday they went to the office, they both did the same thing. Thursday, they went to the office, they did the same thing. Friday, they went to the office, they did the same thing. Kierkegaard said, is there any difference between the person of faith and the person of non-faith? Shouldn't your faith have some impact on how you live your life? Our gospel today calls us to a conversion and the conversion it asks us to consider is what divisions does our faith create in our lives today? And the answer to that question 
determines to a large extent the extent to which, according to the New Testament, you claim citizenship in the reign of God. Let there be peace among us, and let us never be instruments of our own or anyone else's oppression. Amen.